Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I'm Grant Cameron, editor of Firefighting in Canada and Canadian Firefighter Magazine. On today's podcast, I'm speaking to Steve Farina, a captain in the Fire Suppression Division at Kukutlam Fire Rescue in BC. Steve is on the BC First Responders Mental Health Committee, which has a campaign underway to raise awareness of mental health issues amongst first responders. The campaign is called Share It, Don't Wear It. As we know, the issue of mental health is being talked about more and more in the fire service community. Many firefighters are suffering in silence when they don't have to. Steve's going to explain the work that the BC Committee is doing to get firefighters to seek help. Steve, thanks so much for joining us today. appreciate you taking the time to do this. Perhaps you can start by explaining how the committee came up with this idea and how it all developed. Well, thanks, Grant. Thanks for having me on. And... Um... The, the WorkSafe BC chaired this committee, so they basically gathered all the, the first responder groups together in a room and wanted to have representatives from labor and management. And so they asked for representatives to sit at, at this committee level that could make decisions and, you know, co- co- on a consensus basis. I see. And um, it was the, uh, the, the BC First Responders health, Mental Health Committee, they, that was chaired by WorkSafe BC? That's correct, yeah. WorkSafe BC uh, is chairing the committee, and okay. it was formed back in uh, December of 2015. And I don't know if you are aware, but we had two suicides in Surrey, and that was sort of the catalyst, I would say, to getting this uh, committee on board. We knew something needed to be done. So what is the, uh, I guess, the mission of the uh, the BC First Responders Mental Health Committee? Is it uh, to promote mental health, that sort of thing? or? Well, absolutely. That's, that is the mission. It's, it's actively promote positive mental health, you know, provide leadership best practices, and we created resources, education, training, and, you know, for leaders in the community at all levels for all first responder groups. I see. Okay. So it's it's for all first responders, and of course, firefighters are part of that as well. So, Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. I represent the BC professional firefighters on that committee, um, but there's representatives from the volunteer side. We have uh, the BC Fire Chiefs represented. Uh, we also have, obviously, representatives from the paramedics, uh, Canada Border Services, uh, Vancouver Police are there, or the BC Police Association is there as well. I see. Okay, so um, so the committee members are quite a cross section of the uh, the first responder community. Uh, I guess it includes just about everybody. Um, so, h- how did you go about developing your goals and uh, kind of moving this forward and developing this campaign? What what was the rationale behind it all? Well, the, the goal, as I mentioned, yeah. was kind of done as a consensus base. I think our mandate was, you know, prevent any more tragedy, but also to kind of do a gap analysis of what's missing. And I think that was accomplished by a market research, you know, from our experience of the members that were sitting on that committee. And just, just kind of push, do a survey to find out, you know, what's missing uh, or who's doing what in, in for mental health in the first responder 
community. I see. So the first, first, uh, uh, I guess, shot at this was to find out what was actually being done in the community. Yeah, okay. what's being done and what's needed. In fact, they did a really great market research piece where they talked to uh, basically first responders from rural, urban, you know, as I mentioned, paramedics, police, and fire, and they wanted to see, you know, what the people on the ground were actually feeling was needed. So we actually got, you know, first-hand experience, first-hand stories. Yeah, I see. So kind of get a better understanding of uh, uh, people's attitudes uh, or first responders' attitudes to mental health, that sort of thing? Oh, absolutely. What we found was that the stigma and the barriers were very real. You know, people were struggling and they they didn't have the reason, they didn't know where to go for resources. I see. And uh, as part of this, you also held focus groups as well to kind of dig a little yeah. deeper and uh, yeah. get more information on that. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. There were some, there were some great online forums and they also had some uh, group, group kind of uh, focus groups. Okay. That, uh, yeah. They were able to talk, talk directly to. There was yeah. also a lot of stuff that they could, you know, put some stuff confidentially in as well. Like, I see. So it, it was quite a, uh, it's quite an exercise to get all this information together then. It took yeah, quite it a, was a quite a robust process for sure. Yeah, I see. So um what what did you find from all this? Um well, I, I imagine you had a lot of information coming at you and uh did you kind of break it down and into points or what did you find from the survey, I guess? Well, definitely we the biggest thing we found was that there's a real need for cultural change. And okay. I think we've known this for quite a while, but at the leadership level, I think that was what the, the rank and file were saying is they just, without change from above, without change from the chiefs and the people in charge, there was going to be no real long lasting change of that stigma piece, those barriers. And I think I that's see. where we really found that was one of the things for sure. Yeah. So it had to be uh, a change from the top down, I guess. Absolutely. I mean, there is stuff that we can do as associations and as unions to promote this, you know, share it, don't wear it mentality. But ultimately, if the money's not there, the leadership don't believe in it, we're not going to find there's going to be change. Right. I see. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing that we found was people wanted a single source of information. So that's why we we built out that website, the bcfirstrespondersmentalhealth.com. Okay. And on, on there is, you know, we've got looking for help, looking to help. So there's a bunch of different streams you can go down there. But ultimately, all of the tools that we built as a committee for uh, recommended practices, all that stuff is housed on there. So it's like a one-stop shop for you know people in the first responder community. Right. So if somebody, for example, uh, perhaps has a problem or thinks they have a problem, they can go to the website and uh, get information and um, do a self-assessment of uh, oh, their, their situation. Okay. That's that's correct. So they can do they can do a, uh, go there's a self assessment stream and then there's also some self care uh there's some you know best ways to protect yourself as well. So there's you can learn about self assessment and self care for yourself or I training see. that's available. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Even making a mental health claim with WorkSafe DC, there's there's a there's a stream to do that as well. I see. Okay. As you said, it's a one-stop shop, and it's uh, got just about everything to uh, to help you, I guess. 
For sure. Yeah. yeah. And as for leaders, there's, I mean, the, the stream for leaders is fantastic. We've got the recommended practices that we all came up with. Okay. Making a business case. We've got gap analysis tools. So there's quite a few resources for managers, disability managers. We've got, you know, return to work documents on there. It's literally, yeah, there's okay. a lot of information on there. Alrighty. Um, so how, how did you choose the name of the campaign? It's, it's very catchy. Share it, don't wear it is the name of the campaign. Um, how, how did you come up with that? Was it just a matter of uh, people well, suggesting was, names? Yeah, I, there was a few campaigns that we threw around, but we wanted something that would really encourage people to speak up and ask for help. And I think that's why that resonated with us the most. I see. Share it, don't wear it piece. It just, it's kind of permission giving and you know, instead of, you know, we use the analogy a lot where, you know, all these trauma calls we go to, it's like a rock in the backpack. And right. So that whole wearing it piece is, you know, setting that pack down, being able to share your story with other first responders or, or mental health professionals so that you don't wear, wear that. And I as see. you saw in that anti-stigma campaign, the, the, the words on the faces, uh, if you'll go to our website and the stigma campaign posters, it, it has, you know, words right from that market survey. I and see. Yeah, that was the kind of the premise behind it. Yeah, it's it's very catchy. It's short and to the point. So uh really, really drives home the message. Um, so the, uh, I guess that was the share it, don't wear it. That's what you felt kind of elicited the most emotional response from the first responders and, and that sort of thing. And um uh, I guess it helps also reduce the, uh, the stigma of men mental health, uh, illness and, uh, raises awareness of this as well. So, um, for sure. so you, you develop quite a number of posters for the different first responder groups and, uh, mm -hmm. the, the ones with the firefighter, uh, for listeners, it's, uh, uh, the face of a firefighter with words superimposed on the face, such as uh, there's this heavy feeling or it's more than a bad day or a bad call. It's very effective. Um, how did you select the, uh, I guess, the images for the posters and also the words? Was that just from the submissions that you received? Well, we actually tossed around the idea of actually using real first responders to be the faces of the campaign, and we found that that, that could be a, a bit of an issue. Okay. But we were we were shown a, a bunch of faces for each profession, and they're actors, and we just thought, you know, we looked at the faces, we thought, you know, that's a perfect fit for the paramedic, that's a perfect fit for the police officer. I see. And that's how we selected those faces. Now, we, we picked two firefighters for for um, the campaign. One was to represent the First Nations community, and okay. one was to represent the bulk of the, the firefighters out there, typically are the, the Caucasian firefighter. The, the words were right directly from the market research. Okay. So those were the ones that resonated the most with the first responder committee, as well as the people that participated in that, in those surveys. I see, okay. Yeah, as I mentioned, they're, you know, they're, they're very effective and they really get the message across. Um, so, uh, so the posters that, that you have, they can be downloaded from the website. And, um, wh what would you like, uh, different organizations to do with them? Um, you've, you've left, I believe, a white space at the bottom for 
different organizations yeah. to put their own message in. So what what would you Absolutely. like the different organizations to do with these? Post them in workplaces, that sort of thing? For sure. We we just we what we didn't want to happen was it just to be another poster campaign. We yeah. wanted them to link back to uh actual mental health initiatives, whether it be a family information night, courses, conferences. So that would be the white space down the below that you talk of. Is that's where we'd want to see that if you're, you know, looking for peer support uh, members, you're you're doing a, a recruiting for that, or you're having a, a, a critical incident stress management information night for your spouses. I'd love see. to see that. Yeah, and there's actually a little disclaimer of um, when you download the poster, it, it basically tells you how we'd like you to utilize those. I did we posted, yeah, and not to be up for a year either. We want those to be up, you know for a conference or an event, and then taken down. So that keeps it fresh in people's minds. Right, I see. Okay. And uh, we should mention also the, the website ad address is uh, bcfirstrespondersmentalhealth.com. That's and, Okay. And um, so the website, it's, it's both for people who are, I guess, uh, looking for help and... Um, uh, looking to help. To, okay, you're right. So yeah, and uh, so it's it's really it's directed at either uh, a loved one or a coworker or or perhaps even somebody in a firefighter's family as well. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. there's there's there is stuff there. If you if your husband or wife is a first responder, there's uh, a handout on uh, critical incident stress management signs and symptoms. Right. There's toolkits for families. There's even some, you know, practical guide for survivors. I see. You know, from from a suicide. So there's there's a lot of resources there for fam families as well. Right. Okay. Um, just a little off script, Steve. Obviously, you're a firefighter, and uh, you know what yeah. goes on in the industry and that. But um, it, it must be tough for firefighters like yourself, um, because you're always seeing, you know, things like accidents and and where people are hurt. Does that, that puts a lot of strain mentally on a firefighter? Well, that's a, that's a great question, Grant. Yeah. I've, I've been doing this for 26 years. I've been a professional firefighter for 21 of those. So it was a yeah. big on call before that. And that, that, you know, I just started to notice that in probably the last five years, that accumulative nature of seeing all those trauma calls, it's quite a Rolodex. And you know, I use that backpack analogy. When you have a couple of those real big T traumas where you see, you know, kids get killed or injured or exactly. you see those really horrific car accidents, it really does weigh on your soul. And, I mean, we're all human beings. We can only take so much trauma. Yeah, so it basically adds up. Yeah. It certainly does. And I'm finding that in the role that I'm in right now, I've got people reaching out for help and they're just, and a lot of them are been in the job for 15 to 25 years or I more. See. Okay. And they are they are struggling, and they just some of them don't know why they're struggling. Yeah. Some know exactly why. They have specific calls that stand out for them, and we're doing everything we can to try and get them connected to resources that are going to be you know occupationally aware, right. those things for sure. I see. Okay. Yeah, I saw I, uh, just in reading up for this podcast, I, I had seen a. It was a survey from a few years back. It was in the Journal of Emergency Medical Services. Uh, I think they surveyed about 4,000 first responders, and and the figure was 6.6% .6 had attempted suicide at 
sometime in their career. And and the startling uh, fact there was that that's ten times the rate in the general population. So so I guess that just points out as uh, a real concern for the the fire services community. So oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So we're trying um, to get out in front of that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I think uh, I have some notes here that uh, the, how is the BC professional firefighters helping in this effort? They've got quite a few things going on, I, I understand. Um, yeah, I mean, ironically, we started our own mental health task force at about the same time the BC First Responder Committee did. I see. And, and that was the direct result of the two suicides in, in our Surrey Fire Department that really rocked our community. Okay. And, our union president at the time, Mike Hurley, he he wanted to bring in a group of people to tackle this very thing. And we did our own survey with our membership. You know, oh. We surveyed 600 firefighters out of the 4,000 that responded. I see. Okay. And from that, yeah, we determined that there are some gaps in education, awareness, and programming. So we, we actually developed our own resiliency program. We partnered with UBC and the Men's Initiative with okay. Dr. Shields and Dr. Cool. And we created a three and a half day program that we started back in February 2017, and we've run over 80 participants through, okay. through that. And that's meant to be a meant, uh, upstream kind of group therapy program. But what we've been finding is a lot of guys are coming through there that are at the end of the rope. They're, you know, they have a plan. Yeah. Basically, yeah. It's just, it's changed their lives. It's shown them that they're not alone, and they are. You know, they get the tools they need to kind of get them on the right path. I see. And, so and you've yeah. got more programs planned, I guess, uh, for the next couple of years as well, eh? Yeah. It's been, yeah. like, it is, we wanted, we're trying to build capacity. So we're training more doctors as we go. And we're training more team leads, like computer guys. And we're doing 10 programs a year. Uh, okay. 2019 and 2020. So I see. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you're, you're also doing uh, occupational awareness training for therapists for mental health that's yeah yeah we're we're providing a two-day program for mental health professionals they give them some insight into the challenges of first responders well specifically firefighters some of the barriers are facing you know the language that we use the you know the calls that we go to i that helps them yeah and we're hoping is that will help them you know tailor their therapy and and kind of give them some insight into the customer that they're or the first responder patient that there's that potentially could see I see. Okay, and um, you've all, you've also hosted, I guess, uh, a number of IAFF uh, peer support programs. Yeah. So that's one of the things that we found uh, is the most needed in the first responder community is uh, firefighters talk to firefighters, paramedics talk to paramedics, and you know when you same thing with the police. If you have a peer that has some training, that this seems to be the good bridge to resources. And it's sort of the first line of defense in the, that community. So we, the IFF has created that peer, two-day or actually a two-day peer, peer support program. Yeah, and we hosted four of them here in BC and plan to do a couple more in January or uh, yeah, early, early next year, I guess. Hey, eh? okay. Yeah, for sure. For yeah, planning, and those programs are the most effective, like coupled with good counselors. I see. Okay, and you've also hosted uh, train the trainer courses as well, I guess, across BC. Yeah, for sure. One yeah. of the gaps that we found was actual mental health training for departments and members. And the CMHA BC partnered with Vancouver Fire Department, and they created this, you know, it was a 
three-day program to teach people to, and basically um, CISM members or peer support members to go back into their departments to teach four modules I of see. mental health training. It's much like um, Road to Mental Readiness, but it's tailored for the fire service. I see. So the the BC professional firefighters, they're doing a lot of work on this. Yeah, we're doing yeah. everything that we can to, to make it, to, you know, very busy resources. Yeah, exactly. very much yeah, so. yeah. So um, what you've done in BC, uh, I, I guess you're hoping that other jurisdictions will follow your lead. You have kind of a template now to follow. Um, how, how how could they do that? They go well, to your website. And... Absolutely, Grant. I think that website is open source. Anyone can copy and paste that stuff. They can use the recommended practices. All of those documents are easily downloadable and used by any first responder agency across Canada. So I, I think see. if those posters, it's the same thing with those posters. I think I would encourage people to utilize all the resources that we created. Yeah, there's no point in reinventing the wheel, I guess. You've already Absolutely done it, not. and it's, it's there. And uh, I, I guess these uh, the courses and, and everything you've developed, it's not just limited to BC. It's, uh, it's universal. It's universal. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that resiliency program, we've had people from Saskatchewan come in. We've had people from Manitoba, Washington, D.C. We've had search and rescue people. A police officer come in, paramedics. So we're right. definitely trying to help all of our sisters and brothers right across the first responder community. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now um, you're forging ahead. I guess you're holding a conference on on this subject in January. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. we're holding our our very first BC first responder mental health conference. It's January 31st to February 1st. We've got the great Bobby Halton coming in as a keynote so pretty excited about that okay and he's uh just for our listeners he's a i guess an international speaker and uh yeah editor-in-chief of fire engineering magazine okay he's the uh, i think he's the the he's a program director for fdic as well i see okay yeah all right we have a lot of other we have a research stream where there's going to be a lot of our uh doctors talking about uh, first responder research and mental health We've got a peer support panel. We've got great speakers from all the responder uh, groups. I see. So anybody in the fire service who's interested in this subject and, and learning more about it, that'd be a good conference for them to go to. Absolutely. And the event yeah. information could be right off of our webpage there. They can uh, register. In fact, our early bird deadline is October 19th. Okay. And you save $50 if you register right now. And it's it's open to mental health professionals, first responders, HR you know, chief leadership. So it's, it's wide open there. Yeah, okay. Sure. And I'll just mention the website again. It's uh, bcfirstrespondersmentalhealth.com. So that's it. what we've talked about today, a lot of the information is on that site. And uh, they can also uh, go to that site to get more information about the conference as well. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else that you think is important on this issue, Steve, that perhaps we haven't covered? Um, this issue of mental health just seems to be talked about more and more, uh, especially amongst first responders. And uh, I, I guess your feeling is just that it is an issue and uh, people should start, uh, I guess, addressing this and looking into it, eh? 
For sure. And what I would really love to see is that psychological standard that the CSA created for, you know, supporting mental health in the workplace. I'd love to see that become mandatory in the workplace. And I just, it is time for leadership to stand up. We know it's an issue. We just need to reduce all those barriers, monetary and everything, to, to get the people that want help, help. Right, I see. We're okay. Still, as first responders, we're just, we're always the one helping everybody else. And it does take a toll. And I think, you know, we're, it's such a stoic workforce, we're almost embarrassed to ask for help. I Sometimes see. it's just too late to ask for help. So I think it is time to speak up about mental health and really yeah. do something concrete about it. And I think that's what we're trying to do here. Yeah, I've heard that that before uh, in the conferences I've attended that firefighters are, you know, they're very stoic and they don't want to ask for help. And uh, I guess that's something that they just have to overcome and uh, just Absolutely. ask for help. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So anyways, Steve, thank you so much for sharing uh, what the, the BC First Responders Mental Health Committee is doing uh, to raise awareness of the problem. Um, as we mentioned, this is a big issue and it's, it seems to be coming to the forefront. So um, I'm sure our listeners will find this information helpful and hopefully it'll inspire other groups to follow your lead. So uh, again, thank you. Thank you, Grant. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com and click on Hot Topics for more episodes.